0: Welcome to Reformed Forum Express, brief selections of Reformed Theology, new media from Reformed Forum, online at reformedforum.org. My name is Kipton Busey. Today's clip is from Christ the Center, episode number 52, with Vern Poitras about redeeming science.
1: One thing you speak about um, initially is the divine attributes, And, and you talk about why scientists should believe in God. How? do the divine attributes as orthodox Christians know them? How does an orthodox doctrine of God really provide the necessary foundation for doing science?
2: Well, it does because, again, within a biblical worldview, God rules the world by speaking. Uh, That's true of the creation. God said, let there be light, and there was light. But it's also true of providence, uh, There are passages, for instance, he sends forth his word and melts them in Psalm 147, speaking about the ice and snow. That by his word, he commands the ordinary providential actions of the weather and of the growing of grass and so on. Now, if God rules the world by his word, then what scientists are after when they're talking about scientific law... What they're after is really an examination of the Word of God, not the Word of God in Scripture. That's the written Word of God, but the Word of God governing the, his, in his providence, governing the whole universe. And uh, the Word of God, whether it's in Scripture or whether it's uh, the Word of Providence, is what God says and therefore has divine attributes. So actually scientists presuppose that many of them don't realize it consciously, but they presuppose that scientific law that they're investigating and trying to discover has the attributes that are associated with the God of the Bible. Could you give an example of that for
1: us Uh, just as we – you give some examples in your first chapter about uh, assumptions. You even make reference, I think, to Greg Bonson's dissertation on self-deception of how there's these second-order commitments that don't align with the first-order commitments of scientists. Could you give us an example from a scientific discipline where, where that's the case?
2: Well, let's take uh, Newton's law of gravitation. Uh, Just pull that out of the air. And uh, we all expect that gravity will work. And you expose yourself to death if you jump off a high building and think that you can violate the law of gravity. So that, that law is there. And... Uh, scientists who think more rigorously about it believe that it is there in all places and all times. A law that would change would actually not be the deepest law, but you 'd look for an explanation for the what generates the changes. So scientists uh, show by the way they investigate the world that they believe that the laws that they're after, both the laws they've already discovered and those to be discovered, are true of all times and all places. Well, those two attributes are attributes of God. The classical terminology is omnipresence, all places, and eternality, all times. So those are attributes of God. Uh, The reason, the way that people get around that usually is to think of scientific law as just impersonal. People do believe that it's virtually eternal and uh, omnipresent, but they think of it as an impersonal mechanism. But uh, but in fact, uh, law is rational. And you see, the early scientists, they were motivated by that. They thought we can understand something of the mind of God because our minds... Are created with a rationality that 's the image of god 's rationality we have a hope of understanding the way in which God governs the world without that conviction that human persons are related to the rationality of the divine person there 's no reason there 's no grounding for confidence that you could understand a law if it exists or that it would be rational when
1: you when you describe laws as rational uh, you don't mean simply to say that they're, that they're uh, understandable or accessible to our minds, but you're saying something about the origin of laws, right? I mean, you're speaking, you're saying that the laws have uh, their origin uh, or point of departure in, in a mind, in a personal mind.
2: And that's what I'm saying. Uh, scientists instinctively know, whether their philosophy denies it or not, that they discover the laws rather than invent them. That is, the laws, the real laws are already there. And the scientist's formulation is derivative from the real law. So he has to have a conception of the real law before he discovers it to motivate him to get to it and to know what kind of law to look at. And that's where this confidence in rationality, rationality, if you think about it, belongs not to stones and not to worms, but to human beings to persons you see and that shows to believe that the law is is rational is to believe that it originates in a person
0: this has been reformed forum express if you have a favorite clip you would like to share send a link to the episode along with the start and stop time to mail at reformedforum.org or twitter us at reformed forum we will look to use the clip for a future episode Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us next time on Reformed Form Express.